0: Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, good morning. My name is Patrick Jido, and I'm the discipleship pastor here at Rockbrook. We are in a series from the book of Ephesians. Specifically, we're studying a passage from chapter six in which Paul instructs believers to put on the full armor of God, the armor that will help us stand against the devil, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of readiness, and the shield of faith. We pick up in verse 17 of chapter six. Take the helmet Of salvation. Now, despite the usefulness of helmets, many people refuse to wear them. Uh, Maybe it's too restricting or too uncomfortable. Uh, It'll mess up my hair. Uh, Come on, mom. No one else is wearing them. Well, have you ever injured your head, hit it in some way? Maybe uh, forgetting that you open the upper cabinet door and then slamming your head against it when you stand up or climbing on kids playground equipment. Sports. We get hit in the head pretty easily, and it's embarrassing when it happens, but it even happened in the Bible. Uh, Not in your notes, but on the screen up here, uh, Judges chapter 9. Next, Abimelech went to Thebes and besieged it and captured it. Inside the city, however, was a strong tower to which all the men and women, all the people of the city, had fled. They had locked themselves in and climbed up on the tower roof. Abimelech went to the tower and attacked it. But as he approached the entrance to the tower to set it on fire, a woman dropped an upper millstone on his head and cracked his skull. That's going to leave a mark. (laughs) Now, I've never had a a big rock dropped on my head, uh, but I did have the tendency to get my noggin knocked quite a bit when I was younger, uh, jumping on the couch and ricocheting my head off the coffee table. Uh, tripping on an untied shoelace, and and bouncing my head off the safety bumper of my dad's Oldsmobile, Uh, rolling off the top bunk, introducing my head to the windowsill on the way down. For those of you who know me, things are starting to make a lot of sense, aren't they? (laughs) But Why does the Bible link salvation with a helmet? Well, let's answer our series questions. What is this piece of armor? How does it protect me? And how do we put it on? Well, starting off, what is salvation? You know, Maybe you've seen videos of people caught in floodwaters. There's no way out for them. The water's rushing so fast. There's no way, no matter how strong or good of a swimmer they are, there's no way for them to get to the side and climb out of the channel. They need somebody to rescue them, to throw them a lifeline salvation is not a church buzzword salvation is not a wish it's not words in a prayer salvation is something uh, that i cannot do on my own if you're taking notes salvation is being rescued and spiritually speaking all of us are in the flood channel and all of us need to be rescued God is perfectly holy, and in his glory, God cannot tolerate anything that is evil. My choices and actions, my sin nature puts the sewage of sin in my veins, and and my nature and God's nature, they're in complete opposition. Romans 3.23 says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. God's glory keeps him from tolerating my sin. Do you have anything that that your body can't tolerate? Uh, Maybe an allergic reaction it can't handle, Uh, something like a bee sting, or maybe peanut butter, Uh, the Kardashians. (laughs) I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, That means I should probably stay away from most dairy or, or face the consequences of an inevitable trip to the, well, I won't paint that picture for you, But if I really want an ice cream sandwich, I can power through. God, however, cannot tolerate evil. God cannot tolerate my sin. And the consequences of my sin nature are a lot more serious than some minor intestinal issues. Now, the church of old might have taken this moment to scowl at you and and point an accusatory finger in your direction and take on a a hellfire and brimstone voice. Maybe the church you grew up in was like that. Well, I'm not going to scream at you, but I do want you to hear me out and to take this seriously. My sin, your sin, creates an insurmountable gap between us and God. Our sin dooms us to an eternity apart from him, and that eternity is not going to be pleasant. We're in dangerous waters. Salvation. Rescue. I need to be rescued. I can't save myself. I am drowning, and there's nobody standing on the bank to lend me a hand except God. First Timothy 2.5, there is only one God, and Christ Jesus is the only one who can bring us to God. Read this next sentence with me. Jesus was truly human, and he gave himself to rescue all of us. In his grace and compassion, God made a way for us to be rescued. And the overall theme of the Bible is God's eternal plan to rescue us from our sin, this was not a plan B change uh, because uh, something was unexpected that God had, whoa, where'd that come from? 2 Timothy 1.9, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. God sent his son, Jesus, to this earth to be our rescuer, our savior. And God knew from the beginning that he would send his son to reach out and say, take my hand, and Jesus lifts us up out of that dark water. We're headed for certain destruction if we stay in that sin flood channel, but he lifts us up out of that, and only God is strong enough to do that. That's what salvation is. Rescue. I can't rescue myself. Salvation is a free gift from God with no condition. I can't earn it. I don't deserve it, but God offers it in love. And if you have not received or accepted that incredible gift of rescue, I'm going to help you pray a prayer at the end of the message today that's going to solve that big problem. Well, the Bible says salvation is a part of armor the helmet of salvation. So second question, how does salvation protect me? You know, a helmet is strong enough to protect your head. Not in a flimsy tinfoil hat kind of way that keeps out the little green men. Do you guys know what a colander is? It's that metal bowl with holes in it that you might use to strain your spaghetti after boiling it. I read an article of this guy. Who Thanks. <laughs> I I read an article of this guy who put a colander on his head for a DMV photo. Maybe he thought it would help him from getting a bad picture. Didn't work here. (laughs) Probably not the kind of holy helmet that Paul is talking about. It's not much protection here. Look at this one. It's a sturdy Kevlar helmet, the, the kind issued to our military. But even this helmet isn't going to give us the kind of protection that we need for our spiritual battle. Well, why is the helmet important? The helmet protects your head, your skull, your fragile brain, where your thinking should come from. Our thoughts affect our feelings, and our feelings drive our actions. So yes, this is something that needs protection. Fill on the blanks here. The fact that God loved me enough to save me is a protection which Satan cannot penetrate. When we put on the helmet of salvation, we're protected from errant thoughts that that are untrue. When we wear the helmet of salvation, what is good and true, God's truth, stays in the forefront of our thoughts. You know, Satan wants to lie to you. He wants you to think that your salvation is not secure. He wants you to think that you need to do or or keep your salvation. He wants you to be proud of your salvation, that it's something to boast about or use as a weapon of mass comparison. Lies, lies, and more lies. That's why Satan's known as the father of lies. God loved me. God loved you enough to save us. Salvation can't be earned. It can't be lost. And no, we don't deserve it. Thank you, God, for this rescue. But how does the helmet of salvation protect me? Salvation is a matter of entrusting ourselves to God's grace and protection in three ways. In your notes, I was rescued from the penalty of sin. You know, our past is taken care of. It's no longer an issue. Jesus' sacrifice, his death and resurrection set my sins away from me as far as the east is from the west, just as if I'd never sin. And the war between me and God is over. The judgment of hell has no hold on me. Romans 5.1, will you read this verse with me? Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Jesus' death accomplished all that God intended it to. Jesus said it is finished. But we haven't experienced all there is to experience of salvation. There is more to look forward to. The helmet of salvation protects me because, write this in, I am being rescued from the power of sin. Right now am being. Is temptation still present? Sadly, yes, but, but I am no longer under the power of sin. Sin has no control over me. First Corinthians 10 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You know, I am being rescued from the power of sin. I can say no when tempted. But the helmet of salvation protects me even when I stumble and give in to temptation. First John 2, 1 John 2.1, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, interceding on my behalf, and I can't imagine anyone else that I would rather have in my corner. When you receive the gift of salvation, it doesn't mean that all your problems disappear. Christians still have issues. Can I get a witness to that? <laughs> but, but these issues can be turned for good. Jesus, our Savior, promises rescue from the problems that, that try to define our life. And he promises victory through them. Now, I referenced some verses in your notes for you to look up later, but here are some and just some of the areas that I can be freed from when I put on the helmet of salvation. The stress of life, attacks of others, a guilty conscience, overwhelming problems, the fear of death, prison of addictions, life without purpose, people who cause trouble, worry and depression, traps that I don't see. Who else can rescue you from these? You know, you can search the world and nothing can save you like Jesus. The helmet of salvation protects me from my past It protects me in my present life, and it protects me in the future. The next fill in, I will be rescued from the presence of sin. Will be. I have something to look forward to. At Jesus' second coming, the, the glory of God will be realized in us. What will that look like? What will that feel like? No more sin nature to fight will have direct and unhindered access to God's presence and will enjoy holy communion with him throughout eternity. I'd say it looks like joy. <laughs> Romans 5.2, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Can you imagine an existence like that? Nothing distracting us. Nothing weighing us down. No more Satan having any influence. Glory, glory, hallelujah. I've got something to look forward to. 1 John 2.25, and this is what he promised us, eternal life. Can you picture any better protection in that promise? That is a protection that Satan cannot penetrate Salvation is being rescued, and God loved me enough to save me, to rescue me. And the helmet of salvation protects me because I was rescued from the penalty of sin. I am being rescued from the power of sin, and I will be rescued from the presence of sin. Uh, Excuse me, waitress. I'll have what she's having. (laughs) Give me some of that. Well, how do I put it on? How do I get this helmet of salvation which cannot be penetrated? Only by the cross of Jesus Christ. It's by Jesus' blood that I was set free. Satan was defeated at the cross, and only by the cross was I rescued. If there was any other way, then Satan could assert some sort of control, but the power and rescue of the cross, it cannot be overcome. When you're feeling like, I I just can't make it another day, picture yourself standing at the foot of the cross and think, how does this situation look in the light of the cross? How does this sin that I've committed look in the light of the cross? It looks forgiven, that's how it looks. How does this decision that I'm facing look in the light of the cross of Jesus Christ How does the sin that someone else has committed against me look in the light of the cross? When I begin to, to think that way, it changes my mind. It changes my thoughts because the victorious cross has the power and always will have the power to defeat Satan. It's the helmet of salvation. And the way I put that on is by thinking about the cross. If you're taking notes My mind is protected from Satan's attacks when I choose to think about the cross. Think about the cross when feeling lost and abandoned. Think about the cross when feeling that that no one else is suffering like I am right now. Think about the cross when I'm on the mountain peak, and, and it seems like I'm on top of the world because of my own doing. You know, it's comforting and humbling at the same time. Because the cross of Christ reminds me that it was Jesus and not me who has the power to rescue, to save. Galatians 6.14, For my part, I am going to boast about nothing but the cross of our master, Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, I have been crucified in relation to the world, set free from the stifling atmosphere of pleasing others and fitting into the little patterns that they dictate. Is the helmet of salvation something that you just put in the back of your closet to collect dust? Absolutely not. A helmet is only good protection if you wear it. In, in just about every modern war movie, there's an inevitable scene during battle when a new soldier forgets this important fact. He, he sits down to rest. He takes off his helmet for just a moment to wipe his brow, and the enemy fires. A helmet is only good protection if you wear it. And we put it on by thinking of the cross. Is the helmet of salvation a piece of fashion? Something to put on just for looks? Is it something to reference on a t shirt or the rear window of your car? Just decoration? Is it just a symbol? Not in the slightest. Let's look back at our full passage. I didn't have room in your notes, so you have to look up here. Uh, Ephesians 6, starting with verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. These pieces of armor are meant to protect you in battle. And we don't have armor so that we can hunker down and hide in a fallout shelter from the coming storm. We put on the helmet of salvation along with the full armor of God so that we can stand our ground protected in battle. And we're all in a battle. Full armor. Not just one piece. Not just when it's convenient. Not just seconds before we're attacked. This passage reminds us so that when the day of evil comes. Not if, when. Paul wants us to be prepared for the attack. And we are under attack. Hear me out. I cannot control the rain, but I can control my clothing. You know, that's good, you might want to write that down. (laughs) I, I cannot control the rain, but I can control my clothing. It's hard to forget that you're in a battle when you're wearing a helmet. It's hard to get distracted when you feel the protective weight of the helmet encasing your skull. It's hard to get complacent in our faith with the cross of Christ always in our thoughts because of the helmet of salvation. You know, I have a choice to either forget the cross or to remember it. Maybe you've heard this lie from the enemy. Oh, you know, you've got your ticket punched. You're going to heaven. Now you're on easy street. Just sit back and coast the rest of the way. Hold on there, Christian. <laughs> you've been given a gift a new lease on life. You know, people who have been rescued from the brink of death realize that their previous life doesn't hold a candle to the new life in front of them. If you've entrusted yourself to God's grace and the gift of rescue through Jesus, then Satan has lost you forever. But that does not mean that the father of lies is going to ignore you. He'll try to affect the rest of your time here on earth. The the devil wants to weaken your witness. So put on the helmet of salvation and take your stand. Remember that flood? The one with the rushing waters that almost drowned you? But Jesus stretched out his hand and pulled you out. He rescued you. There are others still in those floodwaters. Many of them don't even realize it. They're just enjoying the moment, surfing the wave, and they have no idea that they're cruising towards chaos and calamity. Others are in the floodwaters and they think they have everything under control, that they can just swim to the side and pull themselves out anytime they want. And then others are starting to realize that they are in trouble. Panic is setting in, and they're desperately searching the banks for someone to throw them a lifeline Salvation is meant to be shared. And as you rest safe on the bank of those rushing waters, you have a choice to make. Are you going to stand there and pretend that you don't see the lost? Are you going to sell yourself short because you were just recently rescued yourself? Are you going to let the fear of having your hands slapped away keep you from reaching out? Are you going to try once to pull someone out and to share rescue as you were rescued and then give up after only one attempt? Second Corinthians 6 says, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, The right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Look to the cross today and put on the helmet of salvation. Don't forget the good news of the gospel and what your salvation means. Refuse to get distracted by this broken, unfair, unjust world and stand on the truth that a better existence is promised to us because of the helmet of salvation because of the cross. Don't use the helmet of salvation to to beat a person into shameful submission. You know, a helmet is not a weapon. None of these pieces of armor are. You know, each piece we've talked about in this series so far, they're for defensive protection. Now, next week, however, the offensive. But nevertheless, the armor of God helps us to stand and to be found standing at the end. So what will you stand for? My friend, Christianity is not a faith for the selfish. Look to the cross and see the ultimate selfless act done on my behalf, done on your behalf, when we were still sinners. And remember that you were once lost. Someone rescued you, saved you. So renew your compassion for the lost, those who have not yet been rescued, Step out in bold faith and be the person who shares the opportunity to learn about the free gift of salvation through Jesus. We need rescue. We can't do it on our own. But God has provided a way through Jesus. And if you're in those floodwaters right now and you're ready to be rescued, I have an invitation for you. The truth of salvation, it's simple enough for a child to understand, yet deep enough to study for the rest of your life and still never fully comprehend the depths of what rescue means. But Romans ten nine says, so you will be saved if you honestly say Jesus is Lord and if you believe with all your heart that God raised him from death. If you're in those floodwaters, here are the basics. You need to understand and agree with God that you are a sinner. You are. We all are. It's it's, it's really no big secret. We all know. You need to know that Jesus died in your place. You don't have to understand all of the theology behind this and everything that it entails, but if you accept the truth that Jesus died in your place for all your sins, if you ask God to forgive you, for rebelling against him, living your life on your own, trying to figure it all out by yourself, and trust that Jesus wants to be your Savior and your Lord, he will save you. Your last fill-in, if I trust in Christ, I will be saved. I invite you to bow your head, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Dear God, just say that in your heart quietly. Dear God, I need to be rescued. And I realize that if I didn't need a Savior, you wouldn't have sent one. There are things in my life that I cannot change. I know there's no way I can earn my way to heaven and that you determine how I get there. So as much as I know how, I admit that I need you in my life. I admit that I cannot save myself. Jesus, I'm calling on your name to save me. I want to commit my life, all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, to you. And I want to trust you to get me safely to heaven and trust in you in every area of my life. Amen. If you pray that prayer, hallelujah, the helmet of salvation is yours. You are God's child and all of your sins are forgiven. If you made that decision today, will you let us know? On the back of your communication card, there's a spot to let us know, hey, I made a decision. And then your next step as a new Christian is to be baptized as a public profession of your faith. And if you'd like to do that today, our baptism team is in the lobby. and They have everything you need. You you can get up and and meet them during this next prayer and song. But church, let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to rescue us as part of your plan from the beginning. Thank you for your love and protection, the security of our salvation that saves us from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and the presence of sin in our lives. Help me to look to the cross of Christ to put on the helmet of salvation, and may the cross remind us of where we once were and guide us to reach out to others in their lostness. The good news of salvation should be shared and we may be lovingly bold in doing so with grace and compassion. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.